somebody that knows he's in control. I dare you to take about 30 seconds. Open up your mouth and declare in this building today that God is in control. I dare you to lift that struggle you've been going through and put it in the air this morning and declare God is in. He's in control. You see, that's what gave the three Hebrew boys the confidence to stand in front of the king and tell the king, I know it looks bad. I know you gave us an ultimatum, but I came to tell you about the God that I serve. He's able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but being no, no king. If he doesn't bring us out, that means that he's gonna bring us through. Somebody ought to shout over that right now this morning. You're praying a prayer, and God said, I may not bring you out, but if I don't bring you out, then hang on, because I'm gonna bring you through. I dare somebody to shout uh, in the middle of that furnace. Uh, you might have to go through it. Uh, you might have to look fear in the face. Uh, you might have to feel the heat. Uh, you might have to stand uh, in adversity. Uh, but when it's all said and done, uh, somebody shout in the building, uh, God is in control. Oh, I wish somebody would get a hold of that right now. Your employer is not in control. The economy is not in control. The government is not in control. The weather is not in control. But we serve a God that sits high and he looks low. Somebody give, give him praise in this place. You understand? That's why I can shout in the middle of my struggle. That's why I can praise him in the middle of adversity. Because my praise doesn't depend on my situation. He's in control no matter what it looks like. So I might be struggling right now, but I'm going to dance in the middle of my circumstance. I'm going to shout in the middle of my drought. I'm going to give him praise in the midst. Somebody ought to take about 60 seconds on a Sunday morning and just shout because God is in control. this morning you don't have the answer to your situation you don't have a strategy for the scenario you're in the middle of right now what you ought to do is jump out of your pew and let God know I can't see you but I trust you I don't know what you're doing but God is in your hands and I praise you because you got it all in control this morning Jump out of your seat and shout right now.
against the enemy. I just got one song I want to sing this morning. My dance will cross Satan under my feet. Y'all with me? Put your hands together one 
plate. You ought to shout like you got it. You ought to shout like you got it. Yes. Yes. I got it. And the devil can't take it away. Said I got it. And nobody can take it from me. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this place. You excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? High five your neighbor on the way to your seat. Tell him ain't no ham and turkey going to stop me this morning. Ain't no pumpkin pie going to hold me down. Ain't no leftover turkey sandwiches going to keep me from praising God this morning. Come on, somebody. I put on five pounds this week. I got a good reason to praise him. Come on, I put on some extra weight. I got a good reason to get my running on in the building this morning. Hallelujah. You ain't you. You don't have to go to Planet Fitness. You ain't got to go to Snap Fitness or Gold's Gym. All you got to do is obey the word of the Lord uh, and dance in his presence. All you got to do is obey the Lord and clap your hands, all you people. You got to do is obey the word of the Lord and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Has God been good to you this morning? Amen. Amen. What an incredible presence of God. We feel at work already in this house. I want to take a brief moment this morning to give another great big welcome to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us. Rock Church, I need to borrow your hands and voice for just a moment. Would you help me make some great big noise and welcome one more time all of our guests into the house of the Lord. We could do better than that. Help me show them some love this morning. Amen. We are so delighted to have you in the house of the Lord today. And uh, we uh, want to invite you If you are here for the very first time, you should have received a VIP invitation card. Amen. And if you're here for the very first time and you did not receive one of these, if you would just lift your hand in the air, one of our staff members will bring one to you very quickly. But this is an invitation for you to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. And uh, VIP, everybody knows, stands for very important person. And we want all of our guests to know how important you are to us today. You are a guest of honor at the Rock Church this morning. Amen, somebody? And we've got some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of our appreciation uh, that you would come and worship with us today. And uh, so immediately after the service, uh, we invite you to join us in the VIP room. Amen, somebody? We often tell our guests here that you are only a guest for five minutes. After that, your status change to being at home. So you're not a guest if you've been here longer than five minutes. Amen, somebody? Would you turn around, shake three or four people's hands in a 360-degree radius around you? Tell them, welcome home this morning. Tell them, welcome home. Welcome home. We're so excited that you're here in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. So good to have Sister Collins' mother with us here today, all the way from North Carolina. Would you help me show her some love this morning? Amen. And uh, to all the rest of you guests, we're glad you're here today. God has been doing some amazing things in this house. Amen. How many of you were absolutely blessed by the word of the Lord in this place on Tuesday night? Did First Lady bring it or did she bring it? If you were not here, I strongly urge you to uh, jump online and listen to what God had to say to his people on Tuesday night. 
uh, God used First Lady in a, in a powerful, powerful way. And uh, when the Holy Ghost was done here on Tuesday evening, Caesar was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. He's back here this morning. Congratulations, Brother Caesar. And then Katie was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. I think we ought to give God a praise for that this morning. And then Wednesday morning, Maria was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Roland was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to give God a great big praise this morning for revival in this place. Amen. Want to remind everybody that next Sunday night, tell your neighbor next Sunday night, will be foot washing and communion. And uh, this is a, a, a powerful and very poignant moment for the body of Christ. And uh, I'm going to be spending some time this Tuesday. Somebody tell your neighbor this Tuesday. This Tuesday, I'm going to be doing some preaching or teaching rather in preparation for Sunday night. Uh, as well as Sunday night, I will be doing some teaching. And so you don't want to miss that. Uh, it's going to be a, a special time of preparation. We're believing God to do some great things in this house. Amen, somebody. And then just a reminder that Christmas uh, morning, Sunday morning, we are going to have church. We will have one service at 11 a.m. It will be our Christmas service. You don't want to miss that. Put it on your calendars. And I don't have all of the details yet, but we will have a New Year's Eve celebration service. Amen. New Year's Day is on Sunday. New Year's Eve is on a Saturday this year. And so we're going to be here Saturday evening bringing in the new year in the Holy Ghost. And if you've never been to a New Year's Eve service at the Rock Church, you better come prepared for an awesome time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's going to be incredible. You don't want to miss that. More details to follow and uh, we're, we want you to be a part of that. Amen. Stand with me, if you would, all across this house. Uh, we are so excited this morning uh, to have with us all the way from Buford, Georgia, Evangelist Clark Copeland. Would you help me put your hands together and give him a great big Rock Church welcome this morning. I have known this young man for, for many, uh, many years. His family's ministry, his father's ministry, and his mother's ministry uh, was a, a powerful influence on me as a young man growing up in church. And uh, I can remember being in church services when his father was an evangelist. Uh, his father was considered uh, to be one of the greatest apostolic evangelists of our day, uh, Bishop Tim Copeland. And uh, later in years, we had the privilege of connecting uh, with this family and uh, their, their sons and, and our boys became friends and uh, had the privilege of, of staying in their home and uh, spending time with them. And I am so grateful for the hand of God upon young men that he has raised up to carry the mantle of anointing into the next generation. How many of you thank God that he's raising up young men and young women who will stand flat-footed with their heart, loving the truth of God's Word? Are you grateful for that this morning? Amen. And uh, Evangelist Clark, Clark Copeland is one such young man, and I am so excited that he's here with us today. And I have all the confidence in the world that God has spoke to him for this house. We want him to know that we came ready for whatever God has for us in this place. Amen. How many of you are ready to obey the Holy Ghost in this house? If God wants us to get on our face and repent, we're ready to fall on our face in an altar. If God wants us to shout, we're ready to shout. Whatever God wants, we're ready. Amen, somebody. Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise as Brother Copeland comes to deliver the word to us this morning. Why don't everybody put your hands together one more time all over the house. 
Come on, why don't everybody put your hands together? Why don't you open up your mouth? We give them a Psalms 47 praise. Clap your hands, all you people. And as you're clapping, why don't you open up your mouth and shout her to God? Come on, everybody. We magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for one more opportunity. Thank you for one more time to be in your house. Hallelujah. Don't everybody say praise the Lord. I want to very quickly uh, say what an absolute honor it is to be in Fort Myers this morning. Um, I love uh, the leadership of this church. I wonder how many appreciate Brother and Sister Williams this morning. Amen. Love and appreciate them uh, so very much. Uh, growing up in Pentecost, um, testify for a large majority of young people, there was really, uh, and still is really hardly anybody cooler uh, than Bishop Randy Williams. Hey, man, I don't know anything he can't do. People like that that uh, make you feel bad about yourself, make you feel like you don't have any talent. Um, but I love him. I love the entire Williams family. Uh, Brother Isaac and Brother Judy, these are friends of mine. Uh, we've been friends for several years now, and I love them. And I love this church. Um, this is my first time, or second time, getting to be here on a regular service. Um, and I just love the spirit that's in this house um, it's amazing how many visitors are here today. God bless you all for being here. Amen. And good to see uh, my friend, Sister Tiffany Jackson, here today. I love and appreciate her. Amen. Turn with me this morning uh, to John chapter number 6 and verse number 9. John chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Bible says, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small, everybody say small, two small fishes. See that uh, he's trying to bring attention uh, to what a small offering uh, that this young boy has brought to the master. Then he asked a question, and this is what I want to focus on for just a few minutes this morning. He said, but what are they among so many? Uh, no doubt he was looking through a logical lens. He was not looking uh, through the lens of the miraculous, looking at the thousands of people, the five loaves and the two small fish, and seeing the great need uh, that was before them. Uh, he asked this question, and he realized that uh, on this boy by himself, uh, there was no way that he would have enough uh, to meet the need of so great a congregation. I want to preach to you this morning uh, to somebody who has allowed things in your past to get in the way of God doing something wonderful in your life. And I want to show you uh, that it's not important what you've left, and it's not important what you've missed out on, and it's not important the mistakes that you've made in your past. But I want to tell you this morning that all God is looking at is what you have left. God is not looking at your past this morning, but God is looking at the time you've got ahead of you and God is saying, if you would just give me everything that you have left, I would do a miracle in your life. I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. Give God everything that you have left. Give God everything that you have left. Why don't you lay your Bibles down lift your hands one more time all over this house. And would you open up your mouth and would you pray with me that the Holy Ghost would show up and do something today. God, we magnify you, Jesus. I feel such a strong anointing in this house. Asking you to touch my mind and my mouth. I'm asking you, Lord, to walk up and down these aisles. Minister to those that have come with a need. Lord, we didn't come just to see one another. But God, we came to be changed. We came to leave this house differently than the way that we came. We give you all the praise, all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you put your hands together one more time? Come on, why don't you really put them together one more time? We're expecting God to do something in this house today. Hey Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Incredible job these musicians and singers did this morning. Hey Amen. We're living in a world today in which the people you come into contact with, whether it's in public or church or whatever, everybody wants to look like they've got it all together. 
Everybody wants to put on the persona that they are successful, that they don't have problems, that they don't have issues, that everything is perfect in their life. I heard someone say that uh, we have a generation of people that is obsessed with looking successful without actually being successful. Uh, we have people who uh, in our world are learning how to compare themselves uh, to things that they are seeing online and on Instagram and Facebook, whatever, and they are comparing themselves to them and comparing their lives to uh, the lives that they are seeing online. And there are people in our world who are committing suicide because uh, they just feel that their life doesn't measure up to everybody else's life. And uh, they feel that, that they don't have as much as other people have. Many people who put on a persona of having a perfect life and they're able to Photoshop their pictures and uh, put enough glitter on their photos to make you think that they're perfect, uh, to make you think that they don't have a problem and they don't have an issue in their life. Remember, a few months back, I was reading an article online, read about this woman who, uh, she was very large, had a large following on Instagram and uh, had several hundred thousand followers. She was a woman who promoted travel and being free and just living a happy life. They had posted on there several comments under the pictures where uh, people would get on and say things like, ma'am, I would give anything to live the life that this lady has. I would give anything to be as happy as this lady is. Uh, it seemed that she had a perfect life. It seemed that everything in her life came right side up and that she did not have any problems. It was until I got to the end of the article and I read that that same woman had taken a gun and had put it in her mouth and had pulled the trigger. Uh, they interviewed her husband, and he said that he did not even know that anything was going on in her life. He did not even know that uh, there was really a problem and that she was struggling with depression. Uh, uh, she learned what it was to hide behind a mask that says that uh, I'm okay and I don't have any problems and I don't have any issues. Uh, I want to tell you that, that people are getting so obsessed uh, and they're getting so consumed with what we see online uh, uh, that it is causing us to become depressed in our own lives. Uh, uh, we want to look perfect. We want to be perfect. Uh, uh, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want anybody to think that we have a problem. Uh, and, and, and if you don't have what other people have. Uh, there's something on the inside of you uh, uh, that says that you're not good enough. Uh, if you don't drive as nice of a car uh, as they drive, uh, if you don't have the money that they have, uh, somehow you feel that you aren't good enough. Uh, and I want to take a moment here uh, and tell you that as long uh, as you spend all of your time uh, looking at what everybody else has uh, that you don't have, uh, let me tell you, you will never find uh, true satisfaction uh, in your life. Uh, and here's why you'll get so focused on everybody else's blessings that you forget about your own blessings. You'll get so obsessed with what everybody else has that you'll forget what God has given you. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that this has shaped us. This has molded us as a society, this idea of our perfected self. It is so ingrained in who we are as people. Uh, we don't want to go to the gas station without making sure we look right, without making sure that everything's okay, and, uh, making sure that we look like we've got it all together. The real problem is that this spirit, this mentality of being perfect, has found its way into the church. And it's in this house even this morning. To where there's some people today, and even since you're here, can I tell you, you've got some serious problems in your life. You've got some issues that if God doesn't work them out, you know good and well, they're not going to get worked out. But the problem is, uh, uh, we don't want anybody to think that we are struggling. Uh, and, and, and we don't want anybody to think that we've got issues uh, and we've got problems in our lives. <laughs> tell you, I believe that there's some people in the building today that you have learned how to carry something that God did not design for you to learn how to carry in your life. I want to tell you, I believe there's some people today 
that you have learned what it is to adjust to things that, that God never intended for you to learn how to adjust to. I, I believe one of the problems we have is that we have desperate problems, but we are not willing to get desperate with our problems. Hey, I believe this morning that sometimes God gives us little problems in our lives. It's things that designed to get us to go deeper in our walks with God. It's not something we've got to carry for the rest of our lives. It's just something God allows for a season to come into our lives to get us to go deeper in our relationship with him. But can I tell you, there's some people today that rather than letting it push you deeper in God, you've learned how to grab a hold of that problem and say, you know what? I guess this is just who I am. I guess I'm just a depressed person. I guess I'm just a person who struggles with addiction. I've come to preach to you this morning and tell you if you could tear down the facade that says you have it all together. If you could tear down the wall you've built up that says everything is perfect in my life. And you could say, you know what, God? I've come this morning as a vulnerable person. I've come this morning as a needy person. And I'm not worried about the one sitting next to me who may have it all together. I've got a need and I'm not leaving until you help me. Why don't you lift up your hands all over the house for a moment? Come on, would you lift up your hands for a moment? I believe sometimes maybe God will allow a feeling of loneliness to come over us. I tell you, there's a void in every man, woman, boy, and girl that can only be filled by God. Well, tell you that feeling of loneliness, we've learned how to try to shove other things in that void. We've learned how to Try to fill that void that can only be filled by God with other things. And at times when God is desiring to talk to you, rather than you talking to him, you call your friend on the phone. Uh, rather than you turning to the Lord, you know what it is to turn to somebody else and to talk to them. I, I want to tell you this morning, I believe there's things that, that God allows to come into our lives. Uh, whether it's a feeling of, of depression, whether it's a feeling of fear, uh, whatever it may be, uh, it's designed to put us deeper in God. But we've learned how to say, you know what? Uh, this is part of my DNA. Uh, I guess this is what makes us who uh, I am. Uh, I've come to tell you today. Uh, you're surrounded by people uh, who at one time uh, they were addicted. Uh, at one time uh, they were depressed. Uh, at one time uh, they had fear. Uh, but they can testify this morning. Uh, when I turned to the Lord uh, I found that Jesus uh, was everything that I needed. Uh, he filled that void uh, that nobody else could fill. Uh, I wonder if I've got anybody today uh, that could testify. Uh, it was when I turned to the Lord uh, that I found my answer. Uh, I've come to preach to you today and tell you in Jesus Christ is everything that you need. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the Lily of the Valley. He's the bright and morning star. Would you lift up your hands and love them this morning? Come on for a moment. Would you lift up your hands and love them today? Hallelujah. Once again, coming to this church, even this morning, and you've put on a smile, and you're wearing a nice outfit, you did your hair, and you've got people around you fooled into thinking that everything's going okay and that you don't have any problems. But you know what's really going on in your life. I want to tell you this morning, that the church, this church that you're in today, is the last place in all of the world where you should ever come and try to act like you've got it all together. Said so the church is the last place in all of the world that you should ever come and try to act like you don't have a problem and try to act like you don't have a need in your life. Hey, 
Did you know that the church is a spiritual hospital for those that are sick? Stinking. Could you imagine how crazy it would be if I broke my arm and I needed a doctor to help me out? And I went to a hospital. I was at the place where my need could be met. And I walked into that hospital and I was hurting and I was in pain and I needed some medical attention. I went up and I sat on that table. But as soon as that doctor walked in the room, I tried to straighten my own arm out. And I tried to cover it up and act like everything was okay. Uh, how crazy would it be uh, to be in a place where my need could be met? Uh, but because of my own pride, uh, I leave the same way that I came. Uh, I've come to tell you, uh, it's no different uh, when you walk into this house uh, and you've got addiction uh, and you've got problems uh, and you've got situations. Uh, and God is the only one uh, that can fix it. Uh, but we let our pride. Keep us from our miracle. I wonder if I've got anybody today who would say, you know what, God, I'm not worried about nobody else. I'm going to tear down my pride. Hey, let me tell you this morning, you can either have pride or you can have a miracle, but you can't have both. I said you can have pride or you can have a miracle, but you can't have both. I wonder if there's anybody today who's desperate. I said, is there anybody today who's desperate? Is there anybody today? who would say, you know what, God, I'm not worried about what I've got to do. I've got to have you meet my need. I've got a problem in my body. I've got a problem in my mind. And if you don't touch me, I won't get touched. Clap your hands this morning and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hurrying this morning. Tell you that Anytime you step out and you want to be used for God, just like the verse that I read in your hearing, where this boy was willing to bring his offering before the Lord, just like him, just like the disciples stepped up and had something to say, tell you anytime that you have a desire to be used of God, people will always have something to say. I've seen it before, I'm sure some of you have, where there could be an individual who when they came to God, they was living on the streets, they were addicted to drugs, they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, their family didn't care one thing about them, friends didn't care one thing about them, but as soon as they came to the church... As soon as they repented, as soon as they was baptized in the name of Jesus, and as soon as God filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, all of a sudden old family members uh, who never cared a lick about them before, uh, all of a sudden they've got an opinion uh, about what you should be doing with your life. Uh, I want to tell you this morning, uh, you need to make up in your mind, uh, hey, if my mama don't serve God, uh, I'm still going to serve God. Uh, if my spouse don't serve God, uh, I'm still going to serve God. Uh, you need to get a tenacity about you uh, that says you can talk about me. Uh, you can scandalize my name, uh, but I'm staying in the church. Uh, you ain't getting me out of the church. Our text read in your hearing this morning, the people needed a miracle. Uh, Jesus did not want to send the people away without feeding them. He said, lest they fall by the wayside. And he wanted something that he could get his hands on. He didn't just want to speak the word, but he wanted an individual who'd be willing to give the Lord something to work with. There finally came a young boy who said, I know it ain't much. I, I know we got at least 15,000 people who, who have a need and who need something to eat. He said, uh, all I've got is five loaves and two small fish. Uh, uh, but he said, if anybody can do something with this tiny little offering, uh, he said, I believe Jesus is the one uh, that can do something with it. Uh, uh, if he just had a little common sense, uh, and if he was looking at it logically, uh, no doubt he would have kept that offering to himself. Uh, if he would have been looking at it uh, through the lens of humanity, uh, he would have said, there's no way. Uh, I'm too embarrassed to bring this to Jesus. Uh, but somewhere inside of him something said if I could get everything I had and get it in the hands of Jesus I believe a miracle could happen if I could take my offering and give it to Jesus it'll multiply 
tell you that you will always have people who look at you just like this disciple looked at this young boy and said, but what are they among so many? I say it like this. What good is this going to do with such a big crowd? Now, the translation says that this offering will certainly not be enough to feed so many people. I ask you this morning, you ever had somebody criticize you when you finally bring what you had to the Lord? Ever had somebody talk about you when you finally brought everything that you had to Jesus? Uh, man, that, that, that's cute that you want to be used of God. Uh, that's wonderful, man, that you think God could really make a preacher out of you. Uh, that's great that, that, that you want to win your family and, and you want to teach a Bible study. But, but sir, but ma'am, look at what you've done. Uh, uh, don't you remember what you did five years ago? Uh, uh, don't you remember what you did last month? Uh, there's no way you have what it takes uh, for God to use you. Tell your people, we'll always have something to say. I've come to tell you this morning that this ain't about what you have to offer, but this is about how much of yourself you're willing to offer. I want to tell you this morning, we get so focused on, well, what do I bring to the table? Uh, let me tell you, it's not about what you bring to the table. Uh, it's about how much of yourself uh, you're willing to leave at the table. Uh, hey, I want to preach to you today uh, and tell you uh, that if you could just take uh, everything that you have left, uh, maybe it's not much. Uh, maybe you've spent a lot of years uh, out in the world. Uh, maybe you've lived for the devil uh, for a long, long time. Uh, but if you could take everything uh, that you have left... Uh, and get it in the hands of Jesus. I'm telling you, a miracle could happen in your life. Stretch up your hands towards heaven and love him this morning for a moment. Come on, every hand lifted. Come on, every hand lifted for a moment in the name of Jesus. Help us this morning, Holy Ghost. We need your help today, God. Oh. Praise God. You can look at me tonight and tell that I'm a young man. Most people think I'm about 16, a little older than that. Uh, but it can be very easy to uh, be a young man. Uh, and be surrounded by so many incredible men of God. And it's just part of human nature to compare yourself. Even though uh, we know that he that compares himself is not wise. I know that. Uh, somebody else says that comparison is the thief of joy. I believe that too. Uh, but can I tell you, it is just part of who we are to look at another person. And look at what they've got to offer. And then look in the mirror and see, well, what do I have to offer? I'm lacking in this area where they have so much more. Tell you, we've all fallen into that trap. And I'll be vulnerable and admit to you this morning that especially, I've only been evangelizing for two years now, especially as a young man doing my best to evangelize and preach the gospel, I want to tell you it can be so easy at times uh, to look in the mirror, look at what I bring to the table, look at what I have to offer to the kingdom, and, and feel so inadequate at times. It can be easy when you look at what other preachers have and the abilities and the talents that other people have, and then you look at what you've got to offer. You start to think to yourself, oh, man, there's no way I'll ever make a difference. There's no way I'll ever be able to really do anything in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you that if you sat around and all you do is compare yourself and if I sat around and all I did was compare myself with, with Bishop Williams and Brother Trevor and, and all these wonderful men of God here, I've come to tell you today uh, uh, that I would never do anything for God uh, and I would sit on a pew uh, and never do what God has called me to do. Uh, but I've got to realize and you've got to realize uh, that God did not call you uh, to be anybody but yourself. Uh, I said God did not call you uh, to be anybody but yourself. Uh, and you can sit around all day uh, and 
compare yourself but what you need to do is look at the way that God is looking at you I'm telling you this morning God loves you God has a plan for you God's got a destiny God's got a future for your life Lord appeared to Gideon come to the music help me this morning Lord appeared to Gideon and called Gideon and the very first thing that he began to do was talk about why he would never be able to do what God had called him to do but God looked down at Gideon he said Gideon I know you feel that uh, your tribe is the smallest of all the tribes I know you feel that you are the weakest of all your brethren but God said Gideon I see something in you that you don't even see in yourself. You may see yourself as defeated. You may see yourself as weak and vulnerable. But Gideon, I see you as a mighty man of valor. Hey, somebody today, you need to quit worrying about what others around you have to say about your offering. You need to quit worrying about what those around you say about what you bring to the kingdom of God. And you need to say, well, how does God see me? tell you that God sees you as a mighty man and a mighty woman of valor. I remember Pastor Williams has mentioned my daddy this morning. Um, he evangelized over two decades and pastored over two decades and uh, made a difference uh, over a lot of places in Pentecost. And it's, it's easy, I'm sure, Brother Isaac, Brother Judah can testify that uh, when you're the son of a great man, it can be so easy to compare yourself and to look at what your daddy has to offer. Say, well, my God, he's good at this and this and this and this. And I'm not good at none of that. I tell you, it can be so easy to do that. Now, remember, uh, as I said, two years been out evangelizing him. First good year, year and a half. I'll be honest, I still struggle with it at times, but we to preach it this morning. Uh, every time that somebody would call me, would invite me to come preach for them, there's a little voice that spoke up in my head and said, ma'am, don't you know the only reason they're inviting you is because of your daddy? Don't you know the only reason anybody wants you to come is because of your daddy? They don't care about you. They don't care about you coming to preach for them. And I would go places and preach and even stand behind the pulpit. Uh, that voice would begin to speak to me and said, ma'am, if you can't preach like your daddy, nobody wants to hear it. If you can't deliver it like he would deliver it, uh, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And there was a long span in my life where that was pretty much the only thing I ever felt when I stood behind a pulpit was, man, you're not good enough. There's no way you'll ever be able to do it. You ain't Tim Copeland, you're Clark Copeland. Tell you it, it was messing with me for a long, long time. I'll never forget uh, last year the relief that I felt. I was praying late one Saturday night and trying to prepare for the next day to preach. And laying in an altar crying, that same spirit talking to me. Hey, man, you ain't got what it takes. You ain't your daddy. You're just a young man. I tell you, I'll never forget the moment the Holy Ghost spoke to me. As sure as I'm standing before you today, said, son, don't you realize that I never called you to be Tim Copeland, but I called you to be Clark Copeland. Can I tell you, there's times that I feel inadequate. There's times I feel that I don't have what it takes to make a difference in the kingdom of God. But I've got to take a step back and say, God, you knew what you were getting when you called me. You knew exactly who I am. You know exactly what I had to offer. And you need to take a step back and say, God, you knew what you were getting. Hey, hey, God knew what he was getting when he called you into the kingdom. You've got what it takes to make a difference. You've got what it takes to be a soul winner. You've got what it takes to win your city. I want to tell you this morning that you may have lost a lot of things and you may have made a lot of mistakes in your life and you may have lived a long, long time doing your own thing. 
and living life your own way. But I'm telling you this morning, God is in the building today. And you know what God is saying? He's saying you've got more left than you've lost. He's saying you may have lost a lot of things. Some of you have been looking at all the years you spent out of the world and saying if I would have only come to God 10 years earlier, where would I be today? No, 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 no. That's not how you need to be looking at it. You need to be saying, God, I'm going to take everything that I've got left and I'm going to put it in your hands and I'm believing once I get it in your hands it'll multiply it'll grow it'll become greater than I ever thought it would Elijah came to a widow woman he asked her to give him something to eat she said well love to give you something to eat but all I've got is enough oil and flour for one cake. And I'm going to bake that cake. Me and my son are going to eat it. And then we're going to die. He looked at her and he said, no, if you would give me everything. I don't want you to bake a cake for yourself and give me half of it. I don't want you to split the recipe and make two different cakes. But he said, you need to give me everything that you have. You bake that cake for me and watch what God will do. And can I tell you, because she was willing to take everything, not half of it, but because she was willing to take everything that she had, by the time it was all said and done, she had more uh, flour and she had more oil than she knew what to do with. You may say, why? I'll tell you why. It was because she took everything that she had she took everything that she had and she said I'm going to give it to the kingdom of God Elisha came to another widow woman and, and, and same deal he began to say well tell me what do you have in your house he was not interested in what she did not have but all he said is what do you have in your house she said well I don't really have anything save one little pot of oil and he said that's perfect you just take everything that you have and you give it to the kingdom of God and you watch what will happen. And can I tell you, she had more oil than she knew what to do with. Why? Because she took everything that she had and she put it in the hands of Jesus. I want to tell you, it matters whose hands you put into everything that you have left. Said it matters whose hands you put into everything that you have left. If that boy would have put his five loaves and his two small fish anywhere else but in the hands of Jesus, you know what would have happened? Nothing. Nothing. But because he gave it, and he said, I'm not going to give four loaves and one fish, but I'm giving five loaves and I'm giving two fish. It multiplied and it grew and became one of the greatest miracles that we read about in our Bible. And it all happened because he said, you know what? I'm going to take everything. It's that easy. If you would take all the years that you have left and you would take all the opportunities that you have left and you would forget about the times that you messed up and you'd forget about your past, and you'd forget about your failures, and you'd say, I am taking everything. I'm taking all my mistakes. I'm taking all my insecurities. I'm taking all my failures. I'm taking all my shortcomings, and I'm going to put it in the hands of Jesus. I'm telling you just like he did it with the five loaves and the two small fish. It'll grow, and it'll become greater than you ever thought it would. Would you stand with me this morning all over the house? Acts chapter number three. Read about a lame man who was carried day after day into the temple to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Here comes Peter and John at the hour of prayer coming to do their daily prayer with God. Begin to lift up his voice Ask for a little bit of money. Would you give me something just to make it through my day? Peter looked at him. He said, well, I don't have silver, and I don't have gold. 
And I tell you, if anybody would have heard that, no doubt they would have looked at Peter. Said, well, man, you ain't got nothing to offer. What do you have? You don't have silver. You don't have gold. What do you have to offer? What could this man possibly benefit from you? But he said, such as I have. Or can I say it like this? Everything that I have, everything that I've got left, I'm giving to you. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And can I tell you, that man received his miracle because Peter said, I don't have silver. I don't have gold, but what I do have is Jesus. I wonder if I've got anybody today who'd say, you know what? I don't feel that I've got a lot of talent. There's other people. They can out-sing me. They can out-preach me. They've got more charisma. They've got more talent. But you know what I do have? I have the rest of my life. And what I'm going to do is take everything that I've got, and I'm going to give it to Jesus. I wonder if there's anybody that would step out of your pew and make your way to an altar and just like Peter say you know what I'm not holding anything back come on just like the widow woman come on just like the young boy gave everything would you say you know what I'm not worried about my mistakes I'm not worried about what I've done but I'm taking everything I said I'm taking everything and I'm putting it in the hands of the master come on would you pray this morning Would you pray this morning? Let's turn this place into a house of prayer. God's come to speak to somebody today who's been so focused on your past that it's been holding you back from your future. And God is saying, hey, if you just give it all to me, if you just give me everything that you got left, everything's going to be all right. I'll multiply it. I'll grow it. Come on, prayer warriors. Would you help me today? Come on, prayer warriors, would you help me? God's wanting to minister to somebody on a deep level today. Come on. Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? He didn't ask how many they didn't have. But he said, tell me everything that you've got right now. Tell me what you still have to offer. I'm not worried about the years you've wasted. All I'm worried about is what you have
If you got the Holy Ghost, I need you to help me pray with somebody in these altars. Come on, help me pray. There's people all over this house. Come on, find somebody to pray with this morning. Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, move from your pew. Find somebody in the altar to pray with. In the name of Jesus, come on. That's it. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, let the Holy Ghost use you right now. Let the Holy Ghost use you right now to pray with them. Let the Holy Ghost use you to pray with them right now. Uh, 